0: Let us pray this morning. Oh gracious God, it is so good to be in your presence, to come to worship you and to give you thanks and praise. As we come this day, Lord, we are reminded that across our land, this is Labor Day weekend. And let us, oh Lord, take pleasure in the work of our hands and minds, in the work of our bodies, the strength of our knowledge, we give you thanks and praise. We remember those this day, Lord, who would like to work but are unemployed because of the virus, and we lift them up to you and pray that you keep them. And now, Lord, as we go through this time in worship, help us to praise your name both now and every day for we pray these things all in jesus name amen this morning as uh before we go to god in prayer i want to talk about a couple of things uh for here in the contemporary worship service the rest of the month of y'all just do this don't you i gonna make you all move into the middle (laughs) i tell you yeah, it must be. Hey, thanks. It balances it out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we have um, uh, Dave Ruff, who is going to be preaching in here the last three Sundays of the month of September. Dave, many of you know, he's he's retired pastor, men's pastor, uh, out of uh, Hope Church, and uh, he'll be here uh, the... Twelfth, the 13th, the 20th, and the 27th of September for the Contemporary Worship Service. The news across Shelby County is looking better. It seems that, uh, again, I just read this morning that only 92 new cases of the virus uh, yesterday. And so that's now almost five days that we have been uh, under 100. There was one 200-day in there and that's where a bunch of tests came in, no doubt. But the, the trend is good. And the Shelby County Health Department has told us that uh, they're not going to make any decisions about changing anything until two weeks after Labor Day. So they can see the incubation period for the, the, the current time. So I'm hoping that um, that means that we can, uh, by the end of this month, we can be doing some other things here at the church and we'll see we'll see how that comes along uh, and that that would be good news many of you've asked uh, me uh, on the phone emails and things about uh, services for Ronell Derby uh, those services have not yet been determined uh, I'm meeting with Bob on Wednesday to finalize that but I think they'll probably Again, don't hold me exactly to this, but probably Saturday the 19th is what we're looking at. uh, That morning around 11 o'clock for her memorial service. Uh, Rennell's being uh, uh, cremated and so uh, he'll have the remains certainly by then, more than likely by then. Anyway... Uh, if you do get a chance, uh, especially the men, give, uh, give Bob a call. He, he's taking phone calls. He's glad to talk to folks. And uh, not to exclude the women, women can call too, but uh, all the golfing guys that, that have played with him over the years have been certainly calling him and doing that. Uh, I was with him on uh, Wednesday when uh, Rennell died in the hospital at Collierville Baptist uh the hospital called me the chaplain did and said we're gonna let you come up and be with him and I was very grateful for that and uh died very very peacefully uh and so uh, just again keep that uh keep Bob in your prayers quite a quite a transition that he is going to have to make here in his life some other things that folks have talked about dr knox uh dr ed knox is still in the hospital at germantown methodist and uh, probably will be there to the early part of this week they're still trying to make some decisions about some things Uh, mike robinson many of you know has gone from uh, baptist memorial hospital uh, baptist east over to the jewish uh, nursing home for rehab after breaking his hip and they we're able to fix that and he's better. Uh, so we're good to hear. Uh, I'm glad that he's going there and and hopefully we'll get rehab back and, and get started. I spoke with Joe Cooper this morning and Joe is uh, doing much better. He sounded as well as I've heard him sound in all summer. And he is at Kirby Pines in the assisted living uh, section of Kirby Pines and you know, he, he will probably end up just uh, staying there uh, because of his needs. So uh, it, was, it was good to, to uh, have talked with him this morning. I'd called him and left some messages on his phone and he hadn't returned. And then he said, I, I returned your call this morning. So we're glad to hear that. So those things are, are are very good. Many of you have asked about Terry. Well, Terry did break her kneecap, her left kneecap, uh, in her fall at school. Uh, we saw the orthopedic uh, uh, knee specialist this week at Campbell Clinic, and he said it's a straight hair uh, straight uh, hairline fracture across her lower knee. Put her in this right tackle knee brace that a football player would wear and uh, so it's made her peg leg but she can walk and says that it would heal pretty soon so uh, she's in that for the next month and uh, we'll go from there. She did go back to work on on, uh, Thursday and Friday and uh, just made everybody come to her room instead of her going to, to see others. So. We're, we're glad of that. I want you to continue to remember the teachers and the parents and the school system and the students and just anybody and everybody. I tell you what, John Fushi has put some of the funniest things on out about what parents are doing online with their, with their uh, students. And my daughter Erin is the virtual teacher for 3rd grade math at Chickasaw Elementary School in Olive Branch. She has 50 online students. And you should hear her talk about some of the things that are going online. Not so much with the students, but a lot with the parents. And one of the things that we've noticed is that a lot of these kids are making a lot better grades now uh, when they turn in their assignments. And we've come to figure out that uh, certainly parents are filling out their assignments and sending them in. So there will be a lot to catch up following that. It's It's just one of those things. No, they did not. They did not. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, just just all sorts of things. Now, of course, you know, across our land, uh, many of our cities remain in tumult and remain uh, just. It seems like uh, a reoccurring theme, night after night after night, with the protests that turn into riots that turn into. Uh, destruction of of property and in some cases loss of life and injury and certainly we need to continue to be in prayer for our nation in that regard Uh, this election is is less than two months away and it's going to be the longest quick two months you've ever seen Um, and uh, just you know it's it, it it's unfortunate that it had to occur in a pandemic year but It did, and we're dealing with it. So, lots of things. So, if you would bow your heads with me, let us go to the Lord our God in prayer. Well, gracious God, as we come to you this morning for our church family, we pray for many. We pray for Bob Derby this morning, Lord, as he mourns the loss of his wife of 47 years. And we just pray that you would comfort him and grant him a peace during these days of of transition and these days of moving from being a married man to a widower and so we lift him up We pray for others who are in the hospital or who are in rehab facilities and we pray for those in in retirement and nursing facilities and Lord, we just lift them up to you and we pray your healing hand to be present with them during these times and that you would be a source of hope and comfort to those who have been literally locked away from being with others. We just lift them up to you and we pray for them all this day. We pray, Lord, for our country and for the difficulties going on across the land, for the racial issues that are still simmering and still being played out in so many places. We pray for cities that have had the experience of protest and, and have had riots and have had destruction, have had injury and loss of life. And Lord, we just pray that your power to come across the land and to reconcile people and to bring people together where they could talk and work things out as opposed to clash in violent clashes. We pray these things this day, mighty God. We pray for this, our nation, as education is resuming across the land, especially for locally, for our children in school, some at home, some are in school part-time and at home part-time. We pray for colleges and universities and others that have gathered students together And Lord, we just ask that you give everyone a great deal of patience and understanding and long suffering. We pray for teachers who are confronted with trying to teach virtually and in person. We pray for students who are trying to figure out how to turn in assignments online. We pray for parents who are trying to cope with all of this and work. So much going on. So, Lord, just help us through this time. Help us to persevere, knowing that everything won't be done right, everything won't be accomplished in an orderly manner, but, Lord, let us continue to work towards a positive result of this time. We pray, Lord, For those scientists and researchers and medical professionals of all kinds who are working on vaccines and treatments for the virus. And we continue to pray, Lord, that you will make their work fruitful and that good things will come from that. We pray, Lord, and give you thanks that so many people now are wearing masks and they're taking precautions and they're doing what needs to be done to bring down numbers. And we pray, Lord, that that would continue and that from this holiday weekend that our numbers would not go up, that they would continue to shrink. We pray for that. We pray for those around the world. We pray for those in Brazil where they're still fighting every day in the cities, the villages, the towns against the virus in Mexico and India where the numbers keep growing exponentially. We pray for other parts of the world that continue to endure and fight the virus. We pray for your church. And we ask, O Lord, that your church be a shining example of hope during this time. We pray these things, and we lift them all this day. And we ask that you answer and that you help us in every way, Lord, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen and amen. Well, this morning, um, if you will, and with your telephones, your Bible, whatever you have. Uh, we're looking at the Gospel of Mark in chapter 9. Let me turn to that and we're going to begin at verse 14 and read through verse 29. Now let me, let me talk a little bit about this before we get started. This is, chapter 9 is the the second half of the Gospel of Mark. It's the second half. We had the first eight chapters, and at the end of the first eight chapters, we have the Apostle Peter who, still a disciple at the time of Jesus, make the good confession when Jesus said, well, who do you guys that I've called to be around me, who do you guys say that I am? And we learn that Peter is the first one to come out and say, well, Lord, you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. You're the chosen one. And Jesus congratulates away in a way Peter in doing that and uh, because nobody has told him that but the Holy Spirit has helped Peter come to that understanding and so he has done that then in chapter 9 we have one of the great events of the New Testament that we don't pay enough attention to and that is the transfiguration of Jesus where Jesus goes up On top of a mountain, he takes three of his disciples, many say his three closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, brothers James and John, and then Peter. And he goes up there, and while he is up on that mountain, kind of a cloud encompasses the top of the mountain, and Jesus' figure, his appearance is transfigured, and his skin becomes a, a... burnished bronze, and his garments become ultra-sparkly white, if you will. And he is joined by Moses and the prophet Elijah. And you have there, symbolically gathered there, Moses, the lawgiver, Elijah, the greatest of the prophets, and Jesus, the bearer of the gospel. You have the great, which is all of our Bible, these three figures gathered on top of this mountain. And so you have that at the beginning of chapter 9. First, you had at the end of 8, you have the great confession by his disciples. And now you have affirmation by the joining of Moses and Elijah. And also, you have this just. Recognition that Jesus is not just a man, but he is the very Son of God. So Mark lays this out. And so it is a miraculous event. Peter, James, and John are utterly shocked. They're just shocked in amazement. They want to do something. They ask Jesus, can we build three tabernacles? And what they're talking about, three kind of holy spots, tents, that signify kind of a shrine type thing. And Jesus tells them, no, no, we're not gonna do that. They go back down and this is where we're going. They go back down and they join the others. The other disciples have been out. And then Peter, James and John and Jesus come at verse 14. And this is where I want to pick up. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? Jesus asked. And a man in the crowd answered, not the disciples. A man in the crowd answered. Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. O oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says in verse 23, and this is the title of my sermon, If you can. Now, this is, listen, if you can. Jesus said, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Breaking the cycle there, Rashad. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why? Why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word here from this ninth chapter of the gospel of Mark. If you can, if you can. Jesus had just had one of those great moments in his ministry. You know, he had many good moments and he had some very difficult and then in the as we get to the end he had very hard and tragic moments. But he had just experienced one of the great moments in his ministry on earth. This transfiguration, meeting with Moses, meeting with Elijah, having God bless what his son is doing in the world. And he comes down from the mountaintop, literally comes down from the mountaintop and he gets there and what does he find? He finds a crowd. He finds his disciples who had remained down arguing with the teachers of the law and the folks that had gathered around. There was an argument going on and instead of coming down to something in the line of peace he comes down to chaos to confusion isn't that how life is often you ever had one of those great experiences only to come home and find out that everything is in turmoil in chaos Oh, I had one of those great experiences in my life one time. Uh, Early on in my Navy career, uh, I was uh, down in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was a weekend that I was doing things. I had gone, and we had uh, that Saturday afternoon for lunch, we got to eat with the Admiral. And so I was in my whites and had gone in there and was eating with the Admiral. And The Admiral called me by name and talked to me personally for a little bit. And for a young Lieutenant J.G., you know, well, gosh, if the Admiral knows who I am, I must be somebody. And so I headed home later that afternoon, back to Savannah, Georgia, back and came in and all my, White's still on. I didn't take them off on the ride home. I was proud. Came in the back door there at the church manse next to the church, and Terry met me there with Morgan and said, "She has a dirty diaper. Can you change her for me?" <laughs> and I was like, "But, but I just had lunch with the admiral." and so I went and changed Morgan's diaper and was brought down brought down from the mountain and so Jesus Jesus comes and he's trying to figure it out and he's going what is this commotion and so finally somebody in the crowd says hey look I brought my son here for him to be made well. Now we read this and it's pretty obvious that this spirit, this evil spirit that has encompassed this man's son comes in the form of convulsions, comes in the form of seizures, comes in the form of probably a congenital illness of some type that has been with the boy since he was born. And like many folks, when it comes on you, it just, wherever you are, if you were next to a fire, you might fall in a fire. If you were next to water, you might fall in the water. If you were up on a second floor, you might fall off of it. You know, it was that and the people of that certainly regarded it as an evil thing an evil spirit on him and he had brought him because he'd heard Jesus and his disciples were around and so since Jesus was up on the mountain he asked the disciples can you do something for my boy can you drive out this spirit that causes him to do this basically what they he was asking them make him well Make him well. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They probably gave it their best shot. They probably did pray over the boy. They probably laid their hands on the boy and said, come out of him. They probably did several other things because Jesus had taught them to do these things. And yet they just couldn't do it. And so the teachers of the law said, aha. Uh And they were arguing, and there was going this back and forth. And then Jesus comes and he says, Oh, unbelieving generation. Something that Jesus might say for us in our current time. Oh, unbelieving generation. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Now, hear that. Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I pull up with you? You hear a little frustration in Jesus' voice? Do you hear a little bit of this? These folks, I don't know what to do with these folks. They don't believe anything. That's what he's saying here. You know, every now and then you get Jesus where... You see him. You see that little human side of Jesus coming out and saying, <sighs> Was he saying it to his disciples? Was he saying it to the people? Was he saying it to the Father? It's just that it's coming out. And so there in verse 20 he says, It says they brought the boy to Jesus. And it says when the spirit saw Jesus, It immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the Father, how long has he been like this? Since he was a child. So really, really, his whole life. Let's say he's an older kid now, maybe a teenager, whatever. But he's been like this. He has been gripped by this. And then the Father says to him, at the end of verse 22, he says, but if you... But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Now listen to that. If you can do anything for us. If you. Does he know who he's talking to? Really. If, if, if you can do anything. Well, you could pick him up off the ground and say, I can't do anything. But again, Jesus, Jesus in verse 23, and here it is. And, you know, when you translate something, you don't necessarily get the force of it. But here it says, if you can, this is Jesus. I can hear him saying it rhetorically to himself. If you can, seriously, if you can. And I think that perhaps sometimes we are a lot like the father of this boy when we go to God saying, oh, by the way, if you can, if it's not a trouble, uh, if it's not difficulty, uh, if you're really able, like we would have some doubt, or we are afraid to ask, Jesus, if you can, And then Jesus says, everything is possible for him who believes. That's what he says. Everything is possible for him who believes. Now, there are a lot of folks who don't believe anymore. So if you don't believe, certainly it's not possible. It is not possible. It's not even in the realm of probability if you are not believing, especially in Jesus And so we see this, if you can. We are at a time right now when there are a lot of things, well, I don't know what we're going to do. I can't tell you how many times I have said that phrase to the point that I hate it when I say it. Because it's like, I don't know. It's like saying to Jesus, if you can, do something about this. We need to remember who it is that we belong to. It is not some ordinary person. It is not some weakling like me like others in their faith sometimes. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus. This is the one who died and was raised from the dead. This is the one who shed blood on the cross that we might have forgiveness of sins. This is the one who was there at the very beginning when all things were made. This is the one who will be there at the very end when all things are consummated. This is Jesus. And sometimes we think, well, if Jesus can. If Jesus can. What does that say? I think it says a couple of things. One, it says that we probably are not as close to Jesus as we need to be. And two, it causes us, because things do not work out on our timeline, according to our plans, according to the way we expect things to be, that we don't believe that he is doing anything. Now, this father of this boy learns quick. He learns quick. After he's asked Jesus this in verse 22, in verse 23, Jesus res- responds, and the guy heard the tone, the almost, let's say, indignation in Jesus' words. And in verse 24, it says, Immediately, immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And if there is ever a petition to make to Jesus, By anyone, perhaps it is this father's petition. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. You know, I don't know if there's a balance in us, a scale where... You know, when belief is is strong, you know, it's got the scale weighted down with plenty of belief and there's very little unbelief. But sometimes it seems like that scale comes back and the unbelief begins dominating the belief aspect of our lives. This father recognizes this. He recognizes it. Well, I don't know, I don't know if I have faith or not, I don't know, I just know that you've said this, I believe you Jesus, now help me with all the unbelief I have in my life. And that is something that all of us, each and every day, we can grow. We can become stronger in the faith by saying, I believe help me with my unbelief. Because there are areas in each of our lives, there are areas in our congregation where sometimes unbelief is more powerful than belief. And so it's important. It's important for us to understand this. Sometimes it's just amazing There was a time in our congregation when we thought that we'll never pay this mortgage off and who would have ever thought that in a pandemic year it would have been paid off but it was the blessing of god there are many other examples in our lives where a little bit of belief Will go a long way. And there are plenty of examples where a lot of unbelief will keep us far from trusting and believing God is at work in our lives. Now the boy is healed. The spirit is driven out. The brain is fixed. The body is transformed into healing. The boy is made well. That is apparent from this. Jesus heals the boy despite everything, despite his disciples failing, despite the arguing, despite the father's unbelief, all of this, Jesus still heals the boy. And when all of it is settled down, And everybody's going back to their homes. Jesus and his disciples, they go into one of the houses. And the disciples who had been there who had kind of have disappointed, they were disappointed in him themselves. Maybe they were disappointed that Jesus didn't give them the right formula, didn't give them the right commands, didn't give them the right instruction. I don't know. But they they want to ask. Why? Why couldn't we drive it out? And he replies, this kind can come out only by prayer. Well, it says that Jesus took the boy placed his hands on him. He rebuked the spirit. We would call that sort of an exorcism. The disciples couldn't do it. But Jesus tells them it could only come out by prayer. Now that tells us something. It tells us the importance of prayer. It tells us that prayer accomplishes many different things. It tells us that prayer can fight evil spirits. It tells us that prayer can bring healing. It tells us that prayer can help those who are not believing. It tells us that there is an aspect of our faith that needs to be practiced and practiced often, and that is prayer. If God isn't asked, will God act? Sometimes, yes, God will act. But sometimes we're called to pray each and every day to pray. You know, sometimes it takes long days, weeks, months, and in some cases, years, decades of prayer for something to be accomplished. Many different times I have had accounts people talking about how prayer accomplished something that they never thought would be accomplished. Where they prayed for a family member literally sometimes for decades. So Jesus says this kind can come out only by prayer and throughout the gospel Jesus is always at prayer going off by himself with the disciples he's at prayer because it is a source of strength and prayer helps build that balance of belief and weakens the unbelief let us not be like the Father who said if you can do anything because our Lord can do something He is able to do all things let us never doubt that but let us put that in the forefront of our thinking of our living, of our faith, knowing that Jesus, our Lord, is able. Well, thanks be to God, who on this Sunday has let us see in this that he is indeed the one who can heal, who can fight evil, can bring life out of that which is illness who can make all things new amen amen I want to thank all of you who have made a regular uh, practice of giving especially online this service is especially good at making your donations online and I thank you for that but Just to demonstrate, I actually put a check in the the offering basket this morning so that Jana would be surprised. (laughs) So, it's a good thing. Um, If you will, let me again pray, and I'll invite the the band back up, and we'll go to our closing song, but let us pray. Well, gracious God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for songs of praise that we are able to sing and share with one another. We thank you, Lord, that you help us even in the midst of our unbelief. And we are truly appreciative that you never abandon us, that you are always there, even when sometimes we don't think so. And now, mighty God, we thank you that during this season in which we are restricted in many ways, we can continue to worship you in person and online. We thank you for all those who tune in here uh, in the community across the United States and around the world. We thank you that they are joining us in one spirit and one body today in worship. We especially pray your blessings this day upon Craig and Mary DeLille in Brazil, uh, upon Nick and Amanda Understall in Beirut as their family continues to recover from that great explosion there in the city. For other missionaries, we pray this day, Lord, that you would continue to bless the work for the gospel of Jesus Christ being done here and throughout every land and people in the world we give our praise and lord help us not ever to say if you can for we know you can this we pray in your holy name amen My friends, go from this place this morning in peace. Hold strong to your faith. Have your eternal hope in Christ Jesus while showing his love to all that you meet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father the peace and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all this day and night, I pray forevermore. Amen.